Hi, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Good night, my angel. Time to close your eyes and save these questions for another day. I think I know what you've been asking me. I think you know what I've been trying to say. I promised I would never leave you, and you should always know wherever you may go, no matter where you are. I never will be far away. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Billy Joel A to Z. Today we are discussing lullaby. Good night, my angel. <laughs> I thought I'd intro like that. I, what was that trying to be? I don't get the voice. I don't know. It was just a more mellow voice than the uh, "Hey, everybody, it's gonna be." We're talking about we didn't start the fire. It seemed more like a voice that gives you nightmares. Yeah, you're right. Let's try that again. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Billy Joel A to Z. <laughs> now hear the big bopper. Hello, baby. <laughs> Today's song is called Lullaby. Good night, my angel. Lullaby is the seventh song on Billy Joel's 12th and final studio album entitled River of Dreams. Lullaby was released as the fourth and final single from the album on February 26, 1994, and only made it to number 77 on the important charts on April 23rd, 1994, but did make it to 18 on the adult contemporary charts. This song, for some God knows reason, appears also on the Live at Shea album <laughs> and the DVD and Greatest Hits Volume 3. I say I don't know why you'd want to play lullaby in a festive crowd at Chase Stadium, but whatever. <laughs> Let's go to the rankings. Christopher Bonanos, 2015 New York Magazine, ranked 121 songs. Alon, where does he put this clunker? You call it a clunker. I think it's pretty good. I think Bonanos might like it. I'm going to say 51. Oof. You're very close. It's 61. All right. And I'm going to read what he says. Nicely sung, presumably for presumably for his daughter, Alex. I don't know what presumably is about. Yeah, it's very clear. About, <laughs> yeah. Who was about seven when this was recorded? Sweet, if not deep, a little out of place on the album. But the only that's the reason I read it, because I feel similar, but that's OK. Now, we never usually do this, but I'd like you to guess where you believe Glenn Gamboa from Newsday, who we don't know, and we usually don't talk about him specifically. There's obviously a reason I'm asking you to guess. Where okay, you asked me to guess because Glenn Gamboa makes this song number eight. Ten. <laughs> That's a bit much, Glenn. Yeah. One of Joel's simplest songs is a gorgeous example of how less really can be more, both musically and lyrically. Songs this straightforward have to be near perfect, and this one is. Written for his daughter. At least he gets it written for his daughter. Alexa Ray, it does telegraph his marital troubles with Christy Brinkley that would result in divorce, but it also serves as a tender song for a child who misses her father. The fans rank this at 68 
and I rank it at 121. I hate this song more than any other Billy Joel song in the history of Billy Joel. This is going to be a problem, Dave. This is a good song, and I think the listeners are not going to be happy with what you're saying right now. I want to have nothing to do with this song. You can talk about it all day. I could only listen to it once. I was dreading doing this song. I really just want to have nothing to do with it. I can't stand it. I See, hate I'm, that I'm it's in... on the. I hate that it's on his last album too. Yeah, but it makes sense that it's there. Apparently, if you listen to like the Shelter Island sessions, it was like it fades into River of Dreams, so it's like setting up this dreamy state, and then it goes into this song, which like fades up with the I've been walking, you know, with all that shit. So uh, it, even though it sounds weird to be in the middle of this album as this weird little classical lullaby piece, um, I think Billy had a point with what he was doing when he put it there. I don't care. And I must say that when I it was interesting in when it flows into the river of dreams that I found out that while doing the river of dreams, each song is supposed to flow into the other, which I did not know until, you know, finding out about this song he wrote each song in reaction to the one that came before it. So that's why Lullaby was written to precede River of Dreams. And he wrote, and, and then uh, I don't know if you heard the My Lives River of Dreams where Lullaby is in the middle of River of Dreams. Oh, I didn't listen to that. That's cool. Yeah, the piece of River of Dreams is in, uh, the piece of Lullaby is in the middle of River of Dreams where it's really interesting. And then he's like, oh, I like this as a whole. And he changed it. So, I mean, that is very interesting. And again, this guy and it, it's again, it, it's just kind of bad that it's his last album. And maybe that has everything to do with it. Just this song, the final album of a guy we kind of worship. Uh, it's just all too sad. But then look at him. He's trying to do. I never heard of anything like that. Another concept album from this guy where each song supposed to go is an answer for the next song. And then I was looking up a lot of the tracks and it's very interesting. We'll talk about that more when we get to other songs. It's quite fascinating. Yeah, but that's cool. What you're saying that like it used to be in the middle of River of Dreams because I saw Billy Joel talking about it once where he mentioned that he originally had this as a piece, like a suite, basically. River of Dreams was a suite and this was part of it. But I didn't know that there was like audio of that whole thing happening. Yeah, it's on the My Lives compilation album. Very I always look to my lives. I always forget. There's always some cool versions on there that you forget about. Well, because there's also not because for some reason they decided to just put regular album versions on it as well. So it's a very strange album. But then when you do get the tidbits, it's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, it is. 
No, I, I think this is a good. I mean, don't you think the melody is catchy? Like, doesn't this sound like something that you've heard before? No, I hate it. You hate it. I hate it. Man, Dave. Yeah. No, but really... what happens when you die, Dave? Yeah, I don't want to know about that. I don't want a song like that. I don't want to hear this song. I, I don't care what happens when you die. And I don't want I don't want, you know, Alexa Ray Joel saying like, you know, he can't get through this song. She can't get through this song without crying. I don't like songs like that. Yeah, it's a very it's a real and in your face kind of, you know, as he says, at so many interviews about this song, like, you know, it's it's really him opening up about his belief about death. And you almost feel like he knew he was ending his recording career. Right. So even though we know the final song of every album is like his final coda, if he ever stops recording, this album kind of had two of them, because then you have this one for whenever he dies, you know, it's going to get played like crazy. Like, oh, it's Billy. This is Billy's, you know, ode to his daughter on his death. Yeah. Well, that's very morbid disturbing you know i want i'd rather they play my life this you know stinks they're totally going to play this you're absolutely right as soon as he dies they're going to play this song and that sucks and i i don't i i I couldn't even believe when they released it as a single the nerve of releasing this crap as a single but it did really well you didn't you didn't mention all the charts it also it made it to number three it made it to number three on billboard's lullaby charts Oh, you can't knock bit. off Brahms. He's the number one lullaby. That's ne- Look, it's never going to happen. I, and uh, number two was, I think, Celine Dion did one. But otherwise, I mean, this is a pretty good lullaby. You got to admit this puts you to sleep, doesn't it? No, it creeps me out. And it makes me upset that um, I don't have a daughter uh, or something. I don't know. It, everything about it is just bad for me. I hate it. Now, what I didn't like was the music video that creeped me out. Oh, my God. That's awful. I don't know who was in charge of where you think a good idea is doing very, very close shots of Billy Joel. <laughs> oh, no, that, not, that part was fine. Whatever. I want to see him playing. Sure. I don't like all this thing with kids walking around wearing angel wings. It made me think of like dead children. It was when, awful. The, way I, the way I pictured the song is about, you know, a dead old guy talking to his kids, not the other way around. And it, it made was, it really uh, it just made it creepy. He listen, it's also I can't believe that didn't bother. You. It's Billy Joel. You don't need to be so close in his face. It, it's it, it, that's you know, if you were using Christy Brinkley again, I get it. But there's no reason that Billy Joel should be in a video where the camera's right in his face. This is not John Bon Jovi. <laughs> he figured, look, I mean, this is my last video. Pretty much. I'm going to give the people what they don't want. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Now, what you might be surprised about is that Billy Joel has played this song live quite a bit. Yeah, no, I I, I didn't know, but I, I, I've heard. I mean, if you're going to play it at Shea Stadium and really bring everybody down, I think we talked about this when we did Captain Jack because we couldn't believe he opened the the second half of the show with Captain Jack and then goes into lullaby. I mean, where does this make sense? Why? It makes sense because he, like you said, this song and River of Dreams are tied together. In Billy Joel's mind, they should always go together. And so every time he played this song, it would always be followed by River of Dreams. Not not the other way around. Sometimes he would play River of Dreams and not this song. But if he ever decided to put this song in there, it always had to be followed by River of Dreams, except for the most recent one. He played it once in 2015. And uh, instead of River of Dreams afterwards, it was Down East or Alexa. So two Alexa songs were together. Yeah, maybe it was his kid's birthday or something. But I and and, and, uh, it's Doc Perlman, the violinist played with him on both of those songs. So maybe River of Dreams just wasn't good for him. So he, he was like, I'll do that song later. I'll do something that you can play. I'm on sorry. Now. I'll just never understand why this would need to be played in concert at any time. 
Well, he's played it 155 times. I mean, you have to be a genuine idiot to play a song called Lullaby at a festive concert when you're trying to keep everybody awake and have a good time. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But that's why it's perfect, because it's a real slow downer of a song. And then all of a sudden, River of Dreams, which is much more upbeat, comes in and it makes the crowd be like it, it sets you down low so that you could hit the highs. No, it's it's incorrect. It shouldn't be done in concert ever. Well, I think Billy believes you, actually, because although he's played it 155 times, which is the 34th most played song, he has only played it that one time I mentioned in 2015 since 2008. So since 2008, if you go to a Billy Joel concert, you'd be pretty sure you're not going to hear Lullaby. God, he figured it out. Plus, as he said, if he can't get through it without crying, then why would he play it anyway? Yeah. Like you see that one Q&A, that masterclass from 2001, which I guess was probably after September 11th. Because if someone asked a question about it and if he could play it, and he said, I don't know if I could get through it right now. And I you think know. he meant because of just overall death. In my no, world. I didn't. Alan, I couldn't do any other research. I couldn't listen to it again. I wanted to have nothing to do with it. It was just really upsetting to me. And I this is the first time that's ever happened with any of the songs. I listened to it once and I'm like, I'm done. I can't I can't do it again. I never want to hear this song again in my life. So for you, like you're like this song is dead to me. Yep. But what that means, according to Billy Joel, is that this song is always in your heart. It's not. He's mistaken. <laughs> he got you in a paradox yeah. because you hate the song. It's actually living inside of you right now because it's never going to be heard by you again. Yeah, and I guess it does. That's how it works. I want to. I want to pull a. I want to pull that memory out, just like in uh, Harry Potter. You can pull out certain memories and put them in a bottle, and then uh, or in um, Eternal it. Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Have you never seen that movie? I have never seen the movie, but I know what you're talking about. That's the Jim Carrey one, right? Yeah, yeah. It's where he wears a mask and does zany stuff. That's not it. I swear. <laughs> I get his movies confused. Was that the mask or this one? Can we just move on? I want to make this the shortest show ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't have to do a parody today. Oh, no, I got a good one. Yeah, all right. Let's just move on to trivia. Dave, it's time for the trivia portion of the show. Do you have a stumper for me? Yeah, I got one for you. You ready for this? I'm ready. In the because this is what it reminds me of. In the film A Clockwork Orange, who is Billy Joel's and Malcolm McDowell's character Alex, their hero, who by you have to guess who the hero of them is, who by an unfortunate accident makes hearing him physically sick. That would be Ludwig Vaughn. That's correct, because that's what it's like listening to this song. I get physically ill, just like Malcolm McDowell in A Clockwork Orange when I hear this song. I start going like this. <laughs> but before you got sick from it, you used to have sex with ladies to it. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby, let me put some lullaby on. <laughs> oh, God. I can't even I can't even make a joke about it. It's too repulsive to think about. <laughs> That's all I was thinking about, like the trivia question. All I'm thinking about, this is a clockwork orange for me. Yeah. This is, <laughs> this is People can't see it, but right now there are clamps on Dave's eyelids to yeah. keep them open. <laughs> uh, I wasn't sure if you had seen the movie, so I wasn't positive. Oh, yeah. Out. It's one of my favorite movies. I yeah, love me it. too. Me too. Brother, listen. <laughs> <laughs>
Alon, do you have one for me? Yeah. Okay, so this song was written to comfort Billy Joel's daughter during a time when her parents' marriage was ending. What number one hit song was also written to comfort a young child during his parents' breakup? Jane, Janie's Got a Gun by Aerosmith. <laughs> no. Oh. Hmm. Can I have a hint? Or is that giving it away? It would probably give it away pretty easily. This, was a, number- this is a ubiquitous number one hit that everyone knows, a real anthem. And it was written to comfort a young child whose parents were breaking up. It wasn't the child of the person who wrote it. It was a friend's child. Oh. Oh, geez. Um, You know, obviously that can be anyone, but it's number one. So I feel like I could get it with a hint. But uh, it was from 1968. Oh, oh, I don't know any of that crap. It's from uh, an English. It better not be Cats in the Cradle because I hate that song, too. No, no. I hate that song so much. I hate that Harry Chapin. I hate that song. I hated that song. Growing. That's where this lies for me. That stupid, horrible cats in the cradle crap. Stop writing songs like that. No one wants to hear them. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> this isn't that song. It's a song written by one of Billy Joel's heroes. Oh, so Beethoven wrote a song to his kid that. Uh, oh, is it Paul McCartney? Yeah. Michelle. Mm. No, that was for a French whore. Stella? <laughs> Stella? Stella! Stella! Can't you hear me yell? You're putting me through hell. Stella! Stella! No, it was written about someone else's kid, John Lennon's oh, kid. Oh, hey, Jude. Hey, Jude. Nice. Oh, I thought right. you'd get that one instantly. No, I uh, it was too vague at first, right? Too wasn't to thinking think about. about it at all. Yeah, I just wasn't thinking. See, see, now that is a is a good song about uh, what you're saying. That is a song, you know, we can all sing along and it's you know, it's it's like every Billy Joel song that's sad. He makes good, except for this one, like Allentown, as we've found out doing this show, you know, is awful. And depressing, and yet we love it, and we love singing along to it. And he has a dozen songs like that. This one stinks. Well, it just goes to show not every song is for everybody, and I think I think most people would disagree with you. Why don't you shut up, Alon? It stinks. It it's stinks re- on ice. It stinks on ice. It's really good. I listened to it so many times before this episode. I didn't get sick of it. I thought it was a really sweet melody, a sweet song. <sighs> nice message. <laughs> I swear, I wish we weren't sticklers. I would skip right over this song. <laughs> Alon, can we just skip the parody today? I don't think there's any reason we need to do a parody of this. I don't want to hear the melody or anything about it again. Absolutely not. I wrote a parody. I'm going to sing it. How oh. dare you? <laughs> That's what the people want. This one's also about a love something that I, I, I love, just like Billy Joel's song was for him. Um, um, so my, my parody of chicken of, wings, my parody of lullaby. Good night. My angel is called. Give me a root beer. I won't go schizo, will I? It's a distinct possibility. My yeah. favorite beverage. OK, give me a root beer. Barks or mug will do. I wouldn't mind some A and W. 
I'm pretty sure you've got some in your fridge. So I hope my request doesn't bother you. And when you pour it, please don't tilt the glass. I like when it's all foam. One drink and I'll go home. But whenever I want more, I never will be far away. Hey, now. The end. Yeah. I mean, the lyrics are okay, but I, I, can't, I can't listen to that melody ever again. That's it for me. <laughs> this podcast is the end. I'll ever, never hear that song again. But do you agree with me when root beer is real foamy? It's pretty nice. Yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you on all that. Unlike a regular beer, that's the worst when it's all head. But with root beer, you want it. Even you singing the medley, the melody just bothered me. I can't. It, I hate it. You can't tell, but Dave's crying right now. I'm not crying. I am just angry. And I just want to have nothing to do with this song. I'm sorry. Thinking, folks. Where, where, where do root beers go when they're finished? <laughs> In my belly. Um, we live inside our bellies. I do like root beer floats, too. It's like my favorite dessert. Yeah. Something about vanilla and root beer mixing together. Is really mm. good. Yeah, you know, it's got to be with vanilla. You can't mix another ice cream in there. I go to this restaurant in Staten Island and they actually uh, put chocolate syrup on the top, too. Like drizzled and like like that magic shell almost over it. It looks delicious. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, you couldn't go there. They don't serve Hebrew food there. No, nah, well, I'll get a root beer float to go. Hey, I can barely go there. I don't know how I got. I got grandfathered like, in. Hold the gabagool. Just give me the root beer float. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, they'd get really upset if you didn't eat what they had to offer. <laughs> really upset. <laughs> yeah, Mama Leone comes out of the kitchen waving a wooden spoon. <laughs> it's one of those places. So yeah, they're not gonna like you. Um, do you have anything dietary? I'm on yeah. a strict <laughs> kosher diet. <laughs> But this place, if you're ever in Staten Island, it's really terrific. It's called Cucina Fresca. And it's, uh, uh, it's Italian for fresh Staten kitchen. Island. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, it's and it's really funny because it's just like that uh, Jericho Road song. Jericho Lines number two. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a family restaurant. It's a family run restaurant. <laughs> Did the, vo- vo- the volunteer firemen eat there? Oh, they do. <laughs> yeah no it's a family-run restaurant it's like a pizza joint but they got like a side section where you can sit down and they take it really serious it's a wife and husband and kid I've seen the kid grow up it's fantastic it's really great this is making me feel better about this song just thinking about that place all right now we know what dave's doing after this recording is over yeah you know i should go there now because during christmas time it's really nice there do they put little lights up yeah yeah well they have lights up all year round it's really nice and they uh you know, play the Sinatra and everything. They do it just the way you want it to be. And oh, everything's on special. Like, you know, just I mean, sometimes I've never had the same thing twice. They have like a like 10 specials every time you go there. It's terrific. And then, of course, ending with a. Uh, sometimes they make the cannolis at the table. You know, like uh, they'll squeeze. The they stuff fill it right the, there. Yeah. 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 We got into a fight last time because I said I want the cannolis, but I didn't say table side. And then they just bought it. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And then they gave me some uh, Johnny Walker blue to make up for it, even though it's bring your own um, alcohol. Now we know why that was the last time you've been there. Yeah, well, I get like, a fight. We'll give him some the- Johnny Walker blue, but never again. I, After I've this, got, you're dead to me. I get in fights with them all the time. <laughs> they, they, they know they know how it is when I come in. It's like, what is uh, what's Paul Sorvino's line in Goodfellas when he gives Henry the money? Now I got to turn my back on you. Yeah, that's what they did yeah. to you. <laughs> 
here's some Johnny Walker blue, but now I got to turn my back on you. Yep. 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 No, it's just like that. It's really funny. Meanwhile, it's funny when I the first time I went in there, their daughter was like 12 and um, I went in by myself and I and I ate with her at the table and we were just talking about iCarly and stuff. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, well, that was a really nice night. She goes, yeah, my daughter's a really good dinner companion. Right. I'm like, she is <laughs> like she was definitely like wise behind her years. Now she's like 24, you know, finished college already. She works for IBM. She, she is really smart. You kind of knew that going in, but she makes all the desserts there. She can't, she would come back from school and work there and everything. It's very cute. That's nice. A real family business, a real family restaurant. I'm telling you, I could, if Billy Joel and I were friends, I'd bring him there. He would have the best time. That's Cucina Fresca. Yeah. Richmond road or Richmond 121 Richmond road. Everything's named Richmond there. So I can't remember whether it's road, terrace or street or boulevard. Everything is named Richmond in Staten Island. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> well, technically, it is. I think Richmond County is what it's called. It is. It's Richmond County, right? Cool. Yeah, I keep thinking of the people who, like Marcy, who lives in Kentucky, or uh, Catalina, who lives in Chile. You know, like you, you pick, tell them about Staten Island. They're like, I've only heard terrible things about Staten Island. Like, oh yeah, yeah, no, you're you're right about everything. Everything you've heard is true. It's just uh, once in a while, there's a, <laughs> you know, there's got to be a a rose in a pile of dirt somewhere. And that is Cucina Fresca <laughs> on Richmond Road. Brought to you by Cucina Fresca. Look how that cheered me up. Just talking about food and uh, good times. I'm cheered up now. I was so angry when we first did this. Remember that the two of us, we both overslept, which is so weird. When we're talking about lullaby, Alon completely overslept. I was like call, about to call him and say, I want to oversleep. And I was like, no, Alon will be upset with me. And then he's like, oops, I overslept. And then you brought up the point. We're How perfect lullaby. that is for this song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the song's called Lullaby. We got we got extremely sleepy. I'm, I think you could probably hear it in my voice. I'm like still half asleep right now. I'm not even sure if this is really happening or if this is a weird, very boring dream that I'm having. The one thing we didn't mention is that this is spelled wrong. It's with. Oh, e. I, yeah. I didn't realize I didn't either, because how often do you look at the word lullaby? This seems yeah. fine to me. Yeah, he put by in it for with an E. Yeah. You know, why? You know, it adds an extra E for excitement. Perfect way to end. Well, folks, that was Lullaby. Good night, my angel. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss a single song. Follow us on social media at BillyJoelA2Z and give us some feedback. Do you want to send Dave to the afterlife for his hatred of this song? Do you believe this deserves to be played so often live? No. And... Should we have saved all this root beer talk for a root beer rag? Oh, my God, of course. Whoops. <laughs> Forget <laughs> you heard it. Until next time, I'm Alon Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. That's me snoring. Wake up. <laughs>
Someday we'll all be gone, but lullabies go on and on. They never die, that's how you and I will be. Looking down, right now. Change the channel, Marge! <laughs>